All right, welcome to another edition of Old Nerd, Young Nerd. I'm Todd. I'm Derek. And we're going to continue our anthology series on director's cuts and beyond, this time talking about Watchmen. Yes, and uh, there's three versions of the film. There's right. about there's about to be an HBO TV series. Which I didn't know. We were talking about this the other day. I didn't even know that that was coming out. Yeah. Um, but the original... Um, and was a, originally a graphic novel written by Alan Moore. Right. You beat me to it. Alan Moore and Dave Gibbons. Yep. Um, DC, hugely, DC Comics published. Hugely popular um, writer. Um, but I'm going to let you start off on this. Because uh, you... I, I, I've, like I said, I've watched the theatrical and I've watched the director's cut. I haven't watched the Ultimate Edition, which actually included additional scenes um, that were included in the graphic novel. Um, that yeah, were not I've, included in the, um, I've the watched, movie. I've watched the theatrical cut, and I've read the graphic novel. Mm-hmm. Like, I just read it. And by just, I mean like a year ago. But Right. Um, so, Watchmen. Uh, well, what do you... I guess... Give, I, a, give a brief synopsis of the movie. Or, or I'm sorry, of the story. Like, a, like an overall view of what the story is. Alright, well, so you're set in an alternate reality where... I wouldn't necessarily call them superheroes. They were in the in the graphic novels. They were referred to as costumed adventurers, right? Because honestly, they didn't have superpowers. The only one that actually had superpowers was Doctor Manhattan, right? Um, what about Rorschach with that uh, with that uh, mask that he had? Because that was always like creeping me out. It was creepy, but it wasn't a power. Well, th- how does like ink blots like randomly generate onto someone's mask? Though would- I mean. I think it was supposed to move with his facial features, but like in the movie, they did it weird. Uh, the movie was a bit different. Where they would just randomly generate. Yeah. Okay. All right. I'm pretty I sure that. For I, but... Yeah. No, I'm pretty sure that didn't happen in the graphic novel. So it was a comic book movie, uh, but it wasn't about superheroes. But it was about people that were dressed up. As superheroes, or I, like, because in, in this universe, people don't have powers. That all change when Doctor Manhattan comes about, mm-hmm. and he kind of changes the balance of power in the world. Like, this is a world where the Vietnam War was won pretty pretty easily, right? Because of his involvement, Richard Nixon. Uh, well, Watergate doesn't happen for one thing, but he. I don't know if he's a dictator, but he definitely has at least like a third or fourth term he's on in this story right. as president. Right. Um, and uh, they have something called the Keen Act, which outlaws vigilantism, which isn't really touched on in the movies as much as it probably should be. Mm-hmm. It, it is mentioned, mm-hmm. but it's not... I mean, you're not... I mean, even in our be. reality, you're not allowed to be a vigilante. Right. You know, I, I don't know if there's a specific rule against it, but it, well, it's, it's still just a crime. Other, other than the law. Right. <laughs> But in this universe, there's costumed vigilantes, right? So there's no specific law against that. And at one point, they were allowed. Right, because I think they were called the Minutemen, yes, like there back in a, the 20s or there 30s. There was the Minutemen, which had the first uh, Night Owl and the first Sil- Silk Spectre. Mm-hmm. And the comedian was a young guy in that. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that was all, that was the basis or the starting point of it all. And it kind of like mirrors in a lot of ways the Justice League because the Justice League was the same way, because uh, from DC. Yes, because um, there was first the Justice Society, Justice Society of America, right, which was back in the twenties or thirties or whatever it was, and yeah. then it became Justice League of America. Um, but go, different but, people. 
But it, um, uh, yeah, obviously different people, and they actually had superpowers. But yeah. let's go back to um, Watchmen. Mm-hmm. Fire away. Well, do you want to just start getting into the differences between the things? Okay. All right. Um, so, honestly, like I haven't seen the director's cut, but doing research on it, um, it is twenty five more minutes than mm-hmm. Watchmen. But I was reading a breakdown of it, and it seemed more like instead of more significant content, it was just like this scene was extended by a minute, this scene right. was extended by a minute. Uh, the o- the only thing that seemed really super significant was that they had uh, the original Night Owl get murdered. Right after Which, after they rescued Rorschach from well, the um and that that was from the prison that was from the graphic novel too because uh he puts out a book about his life as mm-hmm. the night out thus exposing his secret identity right and uh, he gets you know robbed I think they went to rob him in the graphic novel I might be mistaken on that. In in the director's cut, which I um which I rewatched last night um yeah, and gets, it's this morning. Uh, the reason why they were going to attack him was directly because they thought he was the night owl oh, that let out Rorschach. Okay. Um, that, maybe that was the scene. It probably wasn't. I don't remember that too well. And the reason why they did it was, uh, several of the people that, um, attacked him and murdered him. Same gang. Same gang and like they, uh, like night owl, the new night owl. Put away like relatives and that type of stuff and friends. Oh, okay. So they they basically said at the end, this is why you shouldn't have like gotten involved. Blah blah blah. Um, but that was an additional scene. Didn't really need to be in there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, it, it was um, probably not for what the movie was doing, but it did happen in the graphic novel universe, right? And that was more. Along the lines of the director's cut, as well as the ultimate edition, where they really wanted to flesh out and breathe life into the graphic novel, and they really wanted it to be a dramatization of the graphic novel right, over like, just a regular, I didn't your, even your know, standard. I didn't even know the ultimate edition for the film existed until we started doing research for this. Mm-hmm. And uh, I honestly thought. Um, that the director's cut and the ultimate edition were the same thing, but they're not. No, and like this kind of, I have a list here of my five biggest differences between the the graphic mm-hmm. novel and the movies. Mm-hmm. When the, you know, the, one of them is in the graphic novel, there was a comic book series that a kid is reading called um, the Black Freighter. Right, which is in the ultimate edition. Yes, it is. It's an animated feature in the ultimate edition, and they add extra twenty minutes. So, in all, so. It basically goes theatrical, director's cut, and then ultimate, ultimate edition, yeah. which has everything in it. But the uh, director's cut adds, adds twenty minutes, and then this edition of the Black Freighter adds an additional twenty minutes to it. So you're looking at forty additional minutes of yeah I the think, I think the it's entire forty five to fifty to extra minutes yeah, of footage altogether. from from what was there, and, and I kind of admire that. Um, and like I said, I haven't read the graphic novel, but I kind of like respect the idea that they really wanted to breathe life into the graphic novel and wanted to bring it to the screen. Whereas a lot of times, what happens with comic book adaptions, you, you as you know, source material, you ignore source material. Sometimes that's good, sometimes that's bad. Yeah, and we've talked about that before in the past too. Um, but they really wanted to be faithful to it. Alan Moore is a great writer. 
He is. I mean, he there's a, you know, it, like the list is endless in terms of like what he's written. Uh, for instance, he did V for Vendetta. Yeah, which is great. Great movie. Um, he also took over Swamp Thing in the 80s, Spawn in the 90s, Todd McFarlane's uh, Child, uh, Watchmen, obviously, Batman Killing Joke, which is considered like... It's one of my favorite graphic novels yeah. ever. Gra- uh, yeah, I mean, like, that's up there. Like, that's really um, what cement. I, I One of the things that cemented him, uh, among many, mm-hmm. Batman Killing Joke. Um, I was actually talking about that the other day, that I'm like, you know what, I really want to go watch... Batman Killing Joke again. I I also have the graphic novel well, here yeah, too. Yeah, the the graphic that graphic novel is the first representation of the of a backstory for the Joker. Mm-hmm. A first uh, the first official canon backstory of the Joker. Right. Um. He also did Leave Extraordinary Gentlemen. Yeah. Which which I really liked. You said you didn't like it. Though. No, no, no. I like it. I just I felt like it would have been better served as a TV show. No, a, no, no, I a, agree. With a longer, more flushed-out plot line. Um, quick little note on that was Sean Connery uh, actually chose to do that. Over Gandalf. Right. Because he didn't understand Gandalf. Right. I, I don't understand, but, you know, everybody's different. Well, listen, I think it worked out for the best. I can't imagine anyone other than Ian McClellan. No, no, no. He, no, Ian McClellan did a great job. I'm just saying, like, I always wonder if, if Sean Connery is, like, kicking himself, I, thinking... I don't think he regretted it, because, like, if you don't understand something... If you don't understand something, right? then, you, then you go well, out and understand like, it. But you know like, what I mean? You, like, you, you know, read they, the, they the offered, backstory. They offered Will Smith Neo in The Matrix, and he turned it down and said that he couldn't have pulled off the role like Keanu Reeves did. I, and that's... I mean, you know what? If you know what your limitations are, that that's fine. Mm-hmm. But... With Sean Connery saying he didn't understand the role, I think you can really just read it. But no, I agree. Anyway, yeah, I mean, like without us getting into an argument about you know who that, should have that been was this. our traditional segue. Yeah, um, but uh, the other things Alan Moore did, we were talking about Spawn, the Killing Joke. He also did From Hell, which is like one of my, I'd say top thirty movies. Really? With Johnny Depp. Oh, I love that movie. Top 30 I've, Johnny Depp movie or top 30 period? I'd say top 30 period. Wow. I Like, I really liked it. I liked the um, the cinematography, which had nothing to do with Alan Moore. Um, I liked the story. From Hell, if you don't know, uh, really quickly, it's about Jack the Ripper. Right. It's, a gra- it's based on the graphic novel that Alan Moore wrote about Jack the Ripper. Right. And they, and they have... It, it kind of is like a prelude to what they honestly did... And this has nothing to do with Alan Moore, but what this they has do nothing with, to do with Watchmen has nothing to do with Watchmen, which we're, what we're talking about. Um, but you know, I'm famous for my segues. Um, but it it really kind of opened the door for what they did with 300. Yeah, it was more artistic. It's a graphic novel, not a, a history movie. Exactly. You know, obviously they weren't riding rhinoceroses and yeah, you know giant everything else. And, yeah, yeah, and and monsters and everything else. Um, but From Hell brought that up. But and they didn't fight shirtless with capes. Right. Um, but, you know, just to give you a background, like, that, like the, this is where we're coming from. This is the guy that that did all this. That, yeah. you know, he, he started, he didn't start off with Watchmen. He's been writing since, I think, the 60s or 70s. Right. Um, but he's, he's made some huge blockbusters. Um, but let's continue. All right, so I'm going to... Since I'm the graphic novel 
authority since I read it the one time. Uh-huh. I actually have my top five list of the biggest differences between the movie and the graphic novel. All right. And I touched on one, uh, which was the Black Friday. Oh, wait a second, wait a second. No, 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 no. no. We're, uh, no, we're doing it. No. We're doing it. This is number five. Number five countdown. We already did it. We already did number five. Oh, uh, we're Black, doing it again. It was this is Black what Freighter. happens. It was the Black Freighter thing. All right. So what's the, what's the difference there? That's That wasn't in the uh, anything until the, the ultimate, ultimate cut. Ultimate cut. Should it have been. Which is animated. Should it have been. I don't think so. I don't think it added anything. I thought it was kind of annoying, actually. Okay. I, I, like, I know there was a, a purpose to it, but I just wanted to read about the Watchmen. I didn't really care about the subplot. Okay. that. All right. That's yeah. all you have to say about number five? That's all I have to say about number five. All right. We're on going to number to four. Number four. Yeah. Derek's number four on the graphic novel oh, versus the movie. So, in the Watchmen cinematic universe... Right. Like, you, you'll notice, um, especially, it's very pronounced in the jail scene when uh, Night Owl and Silk Spectre go in to break Rorschach out. Mm-hmm. They're When they're beating people up, they mm-hmm. like they're flying around all over the place. Like, when they punch people, they fly away. Like... They seem to actually have more kind of superpowers without having superpowers. In the graphic novel as opposed to the... No, 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 in the show. Oh, I mean, oh the okay. Movie, All right. Uh, that They seem to be, like, stronger than the average person. Mm-hmm. Because, like, honestly, they were just supposed to be normal people. Like, very fit, uh, like a Silk Spectre, whose mother was the original Silk Spectre, had, in right. the graphic novel, had trained her since childhood right. to take up the mantle. Mm-hmm. But that just meant like lifting weights and doing gymnastics and stuff like that, right. martial arts lessons. Right. Um, so you're thinking it get the movie gave it more of a supernatural, or not supernatural, uh, yeah, superhero, a li- like a little bit more maybe than it should have. Than a very well trained human. Like the only, the only um, other than Manhattan, the only one who was actually supposed to be even slightly super was Ozymandias or however you pronounce Ozymandias? it. Ozymandias? Yeah, Ozymandias. Because uh-huh. he was, you know, the smartest man on earth and he had like the quickest reflexes so kind of like earth. me. Yeah, right. Yeah. You wish. Just call me that from now the on. The smartest man on earth. Yeah, this is Derek and the Ozymandias show. This, this is the Ozzy go F yourself. Yeah. God. <laughs> anyway, I didn't say it so we don't have to censor it out. Yeah. That was uh, number four. All right. We are going to number three. Derek's number three difference between the graphic novel versus the movies. Um, in in the graphic novel, mm-hmm. they touch more on the compli- like a complicated relationship between the second Silk, Silk Spectre and the comedian. Right. Which they hint at it in the movie that he's her biological father. Right. Because he had the... Uh, he, he, he raped her. He raped her mother... Right. Or tried to once, but they also right. had a consensual thing after that. Right, right. And that's when she was conceived. But she finds out about the rape in the graphic novel and actually confronts him at an event they're at. Throws water in his face. Oh, and, so, and, he, and, so and like, he doesn't die and uh, like they speechless. do in the movie. Oh, no, he does. Oh, okay. He does. This is before his death. Oh, okay, ob- okay. Obviously. Right. Um, so, that honestly, that's a pretty big plot point. No, it's a huge plot Especially, point. But, I mean, she I, never, she never interacted with them from that perspective. Yeah, in the movie, on any of the cuts right. in the movie. Okay, so that was number three. Number, All right, number two. Number two, Derek's number two and number, between number, the graphic novel and the movie and is like number two and number one. These are both pretty big, and this is where this isn't a circumstance where I will agree. 
an odd, rare circumstance where I will agree with the movie mm-hmm. over a book book source material. Okay, I'm going to question you on that, but what's the difference? What What's your uh, point? Um, in the graphic novel, Night Owl does not see Rorschach die. What? What is? What, who cares? Dude, that was a very powerful scene. It was a power. I mean, he still died. I mean, like we we knew that. Um, what's his name? Killed him. What yeah. does it matter? So you're saying just because he didn't see him die, that changed things. Well, just think of the. Uh, it didn't. It doesn't change. But okay, his... all right. Let me let me ask you this. Uh, perhaps I should ask you this. He dies in the graphic novel. Yes. By uh, same, the hand way, of Doctor Man- Manhattan. Yeah, Manhattan still kills him. But does, um, is it known that Dr. Manhattan kills him? Uh, no, actually it's not. That's, that's like, um, from a plot point, that's the biggest difference is the only people that know that Manhattan kills Rorschach are Manhattan and... And the now deceased Rorschach. Well, no, and you're, the guy you say is you. Oh, Osmandius. Yeah, keep, you keep saying it because I'll keep messing it up. Yeah. I, I was just, I also mentioned it not only from a story point, but like my my thing was also like visually. It's that was you know it's a pretty powerful scene. You see a dude watch his best friend die. Yeah, no, no, it makes sense. Um, and it it kind of makes sense why they had him do it from a cinematic perspective because mm-hmm. it gives a it gives closure, and b the whole it's a powerful scene. Right, as opposed to it's kind dramatic. of like it's right, more, it's more dramatic for him to watch it than to not know about it. Right. And just wondering, you know, what happened to him. Yeah, oh, where's Rorschach? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. No, 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 I agree. I mean, that that, that does make a a difference. I I wasn't sure if the graphic novel just basically, from everyone all together, everyone knew that it was kind of understood that, you know, he's going to have to go. Because, I mean, even when I originally saw it in theaters, I'm like, what? The only way to keep this a secret is to kill Rorschach. Well, it's like, yeah, do you want to just, do you want to waste this sacrifice? Right. Like, you can't prevent it at this point, right? It's already done, so do you want to waste it or capitalize right. on it? And that's an interesting point, because I want to talk to you about that. Um, well, let's let's get to my number one first, because that's on the subject of it. Oh, uh, okay. All right, this is Derek's number one. So the, Number one yeah. difference between the graphic novel and the movie versions. Uh, Dr. Manhattan was not made to be the bad guy in the graphic novel. I don't think he was the bad guy in the. No, they made him out to be the patsy in the movie, like that. He oh, I see what you're saying. So yeah. he was he wasn't made out to be the patsy in the movie. Right. I mean, because he wasn't really the the bad guy in the whole movie anyway. No, in any of the versions. But, but you're saying, but, it was uh, never that way. Right. Okay. So the 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 plan in the in the movie was that multiple cities get bombed, and it looks like Manhattan just snapped his fingers and took right. out New York and Moscow and wh- wherever else. Right, and, and quick quick note for anyone who hasn't seen this. First of all, you shouldn't be listening 20 minutes into us yeah, if right. you haven't seen this. Spoiler alert. Um, yeah, but the, the second thing is, Dr. Manhattan has is all-powerful and you know stops everything. We did talk about it in the very beginning, but he can stop nuclear wars, but he's basically... Um, the movie says he's radioactive, and that's why he goes to, to Mars and everything else. Um, but he's all powerful. But you're saying, uh, from the the graphic novel standpoint, yeah, he was so, never set up to be the patsy no. from Ozymandias yeah, like they was what in the Ozymandias did in the graphic novel was teleport a giant psychic squid to New York, and it and this this giant psychic squid monster destroyed New York. 
and that united the world. Okay. Well, then I like the movie better yeah, then. Right? It makes way more sense. Yeah. It, it totally makes more sense, and Cause you take, it really ties everything together. It, it, it makes way more... Like, you take the one guy that was... Capable of destroying parts of the world. Right. But, like, so... Doctor Man in the movie world, and even in the comic, in the graphic novel world, Doctor Manhattan's arrival tipped the balance of power in the world since he was American towards America. Right, right. it was like a tipping point on the Cold War. Mm-hmm. So removing him from the equation and setting him up as the ultimate bad guy just makes sense. Right, I, but I mean, plus it's... he's the only he's the only superpowered being, and he can survive. Like he, the end of Watchmen, he goes and lives on Mars for the rest of forever. Right. The, um, but the, I mean, like, that's, and, and Al Moore, you know, obviously, you know, points to this, is that it's all, and it, many other movies have done the same thing. The only way really to unite humanity is to have one common evil. Right. We did it in World War Two with the Japanese and the Germans. Mm-hmm. Uh, did it in World War One with, with, the you Germans. know, the Germans. Um, but, you know, that it's, it's basically in order to, because humans just can't think logically and say, you know what, maybe it would be a good idea to do this mm-hmm. for our own good. It's always better to fight this unknown evil. And there's always been, and they did it with Independence Day too, where everybody yeah, the throughout whole, the world, yeah, you know, the, nice. you know, and it was, it was kind of, it, brought, it, it kind of brought a tear to my eye when I saw like the Arabs and the Jews, you know, scheduling everything together. Oh, to yeah, fighting, the, fighting in the desert together. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but you know, to have a common evil, and that's basically what the um, Watchmen does, except with uh, Manhattan mm-hmm. versus this giant psychic squid. Which I don't know where you get a psychic squid from, and does it really matter it's, if it's psychic? It's, it's like it's like a hokey ending, right? Yeah, because it. But I, I and one thing I don't remember is if Manhattan leaves of his own accord anyway. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I, I think he did. I think he just removed himself from the equation. Well, he's always, he was always separate and apart anyway. Right. You know, it wasn't like it was like a big deal. Um, like I said, I didn't read the graphic novel, but even in the the movie where he and um, or his, his um, was it his wife? What, the ex-wife that got yeah. cancer? Yeah. Um, that was actually was, from the graphic novel. Uh, but I don't know if that was, uh, yeah, and then his, his new, his new main squeeze. The Silk Spectre. Yeah. Two. Um, you know, cheated on him and everything. He kind of really didn't care. Mm-hmm. So he never really cared for humanity. He actually says it in the movie. Why do I, why should I save humanity? Because I don't care anymore since like I don't care all, about you yeah, anymore. Yeah. Well, he's basically like, yeah. They're nothing to me. You were my link to them. So it kind of makes sense that he's like, all right, I'll just go live on Mars. Yeah, peace Which out. Which makes sense. I'll make my own But society. it also makes sense to make him the patsy and, you know, have everything set yeah, that's up. Like, that's, I, I will, like, I will usually stand on the hill and die on the hill of, like, the books are better than the movie. Mm-hmm. Like, 99 times out of 100, I will do that. Right. No, and so will I. I mean, there, there are certain things where... I think they they've gotten better, like you said with this. Mm-hmm. That's obviously a better ending. Um, I mean, the two towers. I liked it when the elves came. That never happened in in well, that. I'll, I kind of like that too. I'll, like I give Lord of the Rings a pass because Tolkien's so hard to read. It is. We were actually talking about this before we were um, before we started the show about 
how difficult Tolkien and, can know, be to read. Lord of the Rings is like just such a perfect fi- film trilogy anyway. Mm-hmm. I, I won't argue that. But they also did a lot of things in the movie that weren't were not in the book. But I do agree right, with like, how Peter Jackson handled everything. The, the books didn't show up, at, or the elves didn't show up at Helm's Deep, and the books they showed up at the Black Gate at the end. Right, that whole thing. Yeah, I mean and they they they, they really kind of flushed the story out. But you know, go, getting back to what we're talking about, Watchmen here. Um, no, I kind of agree with you. I mean, it makes more sense. It's more logical. Mm-hmm. Ozymandias would have probably done the same exact thing because mm-hmm. it makes more sense. Than a make, giant psychic squid, because make, the psychic squid wants you to kill the real, squid. Very super powered being the bad guy, right? Because he's he's the only one that exists, right? And you can't kill him, so he's always going to be a threat. If he's always a threat, then you always have to be united because of it. Mm-hmm. Versus a squid that you can kill. Once it's over, then you know. Then we forget things, kind of like what we did from nineteen forty five. Right. You know, we were we were all united and everything else, China, Russia, America, you know, Western Europe, and then we slowly slid back into the Cold War. Well, it wasn't all that slow. <laughs> yeah. But but my point is um Manhattan isn't an enemy you can destroy. So right. it, he's always kind of there. So it made more sense from uh from a movie perspective to have him in there. All right. No, I, I agree with that, and well, since you actually since you've actually seen the director's cut, uh, mm-hmm. what what which did you prefer? Did you did you think you got more out of the director's cut? Or? I think I did, and um, we were talking about that. Uh, Zack Snyder, who was the director, um, had the director's cut, and then later had the ultimate cut, where he was just adding more. He was really into bringing. For the most part, as much as possible, the graphic novel to life. Mm -hmm. He wasn't trying to really get his own vision in it. Yes, you know, as we talked about, he did uh, make some certain um, storyline changes, but they made sense. They did make sense. And they make better sense. And, you know, like anything else in life, you know, if you could go back and look back, there are certain decisions you would, like, rethink and say, you know what, maybe I should have done this, or maybe I should have done that. And I think that's kind of what they did with Watchmen. Yeah. There's like a couple of things that just was just like you know way overboard um, that they changed and it actually made the story better. But you know, Zack Snyder was definitely a fan and definitely uh, expanded the story. Like you said, it wasn't so much changes in the story from the theatrical to the directors to the ultimate. It was additions and expansions of the existing storyline. Right. So it didn't really change, like, um, from our other anthology uh, series that we've talked about, like Blade Runner and, you know, those other movies, where there's a huge difference between the theatrical and director's cut, Superman 2. Yeah. You know, that those were huge differences. This is more an expansion of the story and more of fleshing out of the story. So, I, right, so I'm always I'm always for that. I'm always for three, four-hour movies when I can watch them at home. When I can pause them <laughs> and I can watch maybe two hours and then come back, you know, like the next day. Or I don't know if, if I it, necessarily want to sit in a theater for, you know, four hours. Well, you already bought your Endgame tickets, so good Which luck is three with hours. Yeah. It's over three hours. I think it's three hours and like two minutes. Something like that. Um, yeah, and we'll be talking about that, too. Um 
in the, in the coming weeks, you know, and, are and in a roundabout way in a little a little uh, episode coming up too. Yeah, yeah, definitely. About um, buying movie tickets ahead of time. Movie tickets and right scheduling everything. Um, so keep on a lookout for that. But anything else to say on Watchmen? So like, yeah, the real difference here is more from book to movie as opposed to movie to movie to movie. Right. And obviously, when you have a graphic novel or a book, it's obviously easier to expand upon the storyline just because it's cheaper. Yeah. Just a couple extra pages mm-hmm. of dialogue and artwork and everything else versus another 2 to $3 million for this shoot or that shoot or right. for that scene or that scene. So, you know, it's understandable. Um, but I really liked it. I, you know, like I said, I don't... They... It was initially marketed as a superhero movie, but it really wasn't so much a superhero movie. Right, it was As wasn't. a mystery. I would, say, I would say it's a mystery with Cape Crusaders to, to kind of copy yeah, it. That's a good. that's a good way to kind of put phrase it. Um, it. It's probably, like, Zack Snyder isn't my favorite director, but this is probably one of his best things that he's done. Right. At least in my opinion, right, and and he and you could tell he truly loved the storyline. He truly loved the the graphic novel because he tried to really remain faithful to it. Like I, I feel like he tried to do that in Batman versus Superman too, but he just tried too hard and tried to yeah. cram too oh, many. Don't, don't even get me well, started. He, tried on to, he just Superman. tried to cr- uh, cram too many, um, too many plots into one movie. Yeah, he took. Uh, like, yeah, it would have been better with with he, several he, different. He took like eight different graphic novels and tried to mash them into one yeah. movie, and it just doesn't work like that. No, true. Although, did you see the director's cut of Batman vs Superman? Because it was way better than the theatrical cut. I did. I do have it. I probably have seen it, but I haven't seen it since last year, so I'm not up on the, the differences. I mean, yeah. we could talk about that later on. In their anthology series. In our anthology series, yes. (laughs) All right, anything else to say about Watchmen? No, I still can't wait to get to Kingdom of Heaven. I know, Even though we are are saving that for dead last, though. Yeah, that's going to be like a two-hour thing or something. A two-hour, no research, because we've seen that movie, so we don't need to research that. Yeah. Um, All right, so this was our anthology series this time, talking about Watchmen. I'm Derek. No, I'm not Derek. Okay, I'm Todd. All right, see that actually works. Or I'm Oz, I'm Ozymandias. Ozymandias. Whatever, dude. Uh, I, we literally looked up, and you cannot remember the pronunciation. Anyway, I'm Derek. I'm Derek. I'm Derek. I'm Derek. <laughs> I'm Todd. <laughs> and this has been old nerd and young nerd. Normal's the new boring. All right, and listen to us on Google Play. Apple iTunes, Buzzsprout, and Buzzsprout, follow Facebook. us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. All right. Thank you very much. We'll <laughs> see you, you next time. <laughs> Bye.